Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. Hey, it's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, I am so excited. We've got one of our favorite guests back on with us today, Dre Baldwin. Some of you know him as Dre All Day. Amazing guy in the sports, leadership, personal brand space. And uh, if you guys remember, about two years ago, we had him on talking about his last book and how he's approaching the space, um, not just with entertainers and athletes, but with everyone in the business world. And today, he's back with his new book, The Third Day, the decision that separates the pros from the amateurs. So excited he's with us for two parts. Yeah, we got a two-part episode with him. Um, Dre, it is so great having you back on the podcast. I'm excited to be here, Justin. Thank you for having me on again. Excited for this conversation. Dude, I love it. Um, For those that may have missed part one, I'll call it. (laughs) Or the last time he was on, it was like a year or two ago. I mean, we were just talking before we hit record. Um, and uh, we just had so much fun covering his last book. And if you haven't listened to that episode or checked out his book, um, just you can hit pause here and go back and, and pull it. Episode 165. Um, his book that we were talking about then was called Work on Your Game. Use the pro athlete mindset to dominate your game in business, sports and life. Um, he has been a leader in this in the leadership space, has an incredible athletic background, which we're going to talk about in just a couple minutes, sold thousands of books, done courses, helped programs. I mean, just amazing guy. And um, today we're exploring his newest book, which I can't even wait to introduce you guys to. It's called The Third Day, The Decision That Separates the Pros from the Amateurs. So that's our, our topic for today. But before we get there, Dre, share a little bit about you and your background. Just get our audience up to speed on you in case they didn't listen to that episode. Sure. So come from the city of Philadelphia, now live in Miami, Florida, a background, always into sports, played a little bit of football, baseball, eventually got over to basketball by around age 14, which is pretty late if you want to you know, do something in sports. I didn't make my high school team until I was a senior, had to walk on to play college sports. I played at the Division three level, which is the third tier. Most D3 athletes aren't even dreaming about making a pro, let alone actually doing it. So when I graduated, I didn't have a lot of prospects to play professionally, but I hustled my way into the game. I went to an event called an exposure camp. It's basically like an open call job fair for athletes. I played pretty well at that two-day event, and that's basically how I got my career started. This is in 2005, and I played played for nine years, traveled through eight different countries overseas playing ball. And at the same time, that same year, I started putting content on this brand-new website called YouTube. And that was real, <laughs> brand really new. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was brand new at that time. This is where this is where people really start to know who I was on the Internet, because, you know, most people in America aren't watching overseas basketball. So they right. would watch YouTube, though. And YouTube didn't even become a, a real thing. So probably around 2010 through 2012. But I had videos on there back in 2005. So this is how I started to build up a little bit of an audience online, even though I'm playing ball overseas. So a lot of my fans online didn't even know I played overseas because they didn't watch the games. So then around 20, around 2009, I found myself as a free agent. I didn't have a job overseas and I just wanted to have some more control over my life and career. So I started uh, focusing on my brand, what we now call personal brands. I don't even know if we had the phrase then at that time. Absolutely. And putting out more content. 
I don't know if we were calling it content. So I started putting out more <laughs> content, right. you know, building my personal brand. I started creating my own products. And that's really where I, how I got into entrepreneurship, which was still, was still only halfway through my career. I kept playing ball up through 2015. But around that same time, 2009, 2010, I started making these videos called The Weekly Motivation Every Monday. And that's where I started to draw an audience of people who were not athletes. And these people said, well, look, I know you're talking about this mindset stuff to the ball players, but the way that you're talking about it, anybody can use it. Like an entrepreneur Absolutely. needs it, a teacher, a student, a doctor. So that planted seed in my head, Justin, that when I was done playing ball, I already knew what I was going to do next. I already had the, the speaking skill. I was getting my you know, proverbial 10,000 hours of practice through making all these right. videos. So I then bet. by the time I by the time I stopped playing in 2015, I already had an audience online. I already had my personal brand built and I already knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to just take the mental side of the stuff I was doing and I could talk to anyone with that, even if whether it's an athlete or someone who never picked up a ball in their life. So six years later, it's 2021 we're recording this. That's right. I, that's exactly <laughs> what I do. Full time. My company's called Work On Your Game, if anybody couldn't guess. And what we do is we take the <laughs> exactly. mental tools to get you to the top 1% in sports. And we show business professionals, entrepreneurs, and athletes how to leverage those tools at work and in everyday life. Okay, dude, that, I mean, you, you can tell you've told that story. I love it. <laughs> and I'm so glad you uh, you re- gave that recap to us. I mean, because I, I remembered a lot of that, but then there are some new elements of it that I think you shared, which I think is super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but right. let me ask you a question on that first. So a lot of athletes out there, right? A lot of people played professional sports and aren't doing what you're doing. So how did it work out for you? Like, how did you, did you know that you really, you know, like at what point did you go, I've really got some skills here to be able to convert what I've learned in sports over into like, I'll say the corporate and leadership space. Like, how did that work for you? I mean, I, I think it's an interesting proposition. Very interesting question. It's a great question that I don't get asked often enough. So I'm glad you asked it. So the number one is several things, Justin. Number one is I have, I've always had the mentality of a business person. Yes, I was an athlete, but sports was just a business for me. That was just one step in the business progression that I was going to play sports. I, I understood because of my background coming from a Division three school, even once I got into the pros, I sure. understood that this may be very temporary. Because coming right. from, you know, if you're, you're seven feet tall and you came from you know, North Carolina or Duke, you're probably going to get a job even if you don't want one. But if you're a D3 <laughs> player, all right, you have to go hard just to get every job. So I understood sure. that look, my career might only be this season. My career might be over after three years, five years. You know, I was lucky enough to have it go almost a decade. But I understood wow. that eventually that ball was going to stop bouncing sooner rather than later. So I always had it in my mind. OK, what am I going to do when I'm done playing ball? Who am I? What do I bring to the table? How can I add value to the world when I'm done playing? Because what a lot of people don't think about when we look at athletes and yes, you can admire them for their physical abilities and you know how much money at least you think that they make. The thing is, right. by the time you're 40, you're retired. <laughs> you're you're right. out of the game. But you're and, still and young. As, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you're still relatively young. And that's the lucky people like Kobe Bryant was 40. Michael Jordan was 40. Now, what about all the other millions of players whose names you don't know? They're done right. at 23, 27, 29, and then 32. What? They're and done. Then what? Right. Their, their careers are pretty much over. And if they don't have any other skills or they don't go do the work to develop any other skills, who are you? And it's only so long you can keep talking about you used to play a sport because nobody cares right. anymore that you used to play. <laughs> now, right. So when you're an athlete, it's great while you're playing because everybody knows who you are and you're known everywhere you go and people admire right. you because you're one of the very few who are at that top 1%. And when you don't play anymore, it's kind of like you're, 
it's kind of like your access card doesn't work anymore. It, you can't right. get in the room the same way that you did before. So number one thing is that I always had the mentality of entrepreneurship because I had read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki when I was in college. So when I read wow. that book, Justin, the thing people had to understand is that my background, my parents were employees. I mean, they did some entrepreneurial ventures here and there, some side things and even some full time sure. things, but they didn't they didn't go all in on that. They always would either go back to or they still had like a job, a salary job on as a main thing. And so no Got one it. ever taught me entrepreneurship. No one ever sat me down and said, look, this is what it is to be an entrepreneur. This is what it means. Look at the things that we're doing. Nobody explained that to me. So I was 21 when I first got taught the concept of entrepreneurship. And believe it or not, Justin, it was through a, a network marketing meeting that I got brought to. That's where I got wow, introduced cool. to entrepreneurship when they started explaining it. And that's also how I found Robert Kiyosaki, Napoleon Hill, Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy. I found out about these guys because I was at that meeting and they would name drop these authors. And I'm like, I never heard of these guys. Who are these people? So I started right. looking at those books. I went on eBay, as a matter of fact, and I was buying these books for 99 cents. That's definitely so a good again, place to buy books. In 2002. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm buying it on eBay and then I would get a Word document from some random person and I would read these books. And I'm like, when I read Robert Kiyosaki, I remember the first couple of chapters said, this is what I need to be doing. The way that he wow. was explaining it, I said, this is how I need to make my money. Because he was explaining that you don't just trade your time for money. You want to do something where you're making money even when you're not working, even when you're sleeping. I said, okay, that's what I need to do. I need to create something that will make me money even if I'm not doing all the work. That's where I need to focus. Now, mind you, I'm still in college at this time. And I knew that I was going to play basketball after college. I didn't know how, but I knew that was next. But I also knew that's not going to be forever. I can't do that when I'm 60. So what am I going to do after basketball? So I already had it in my mind. So then in 2009, when I found myself a free agent without a job, I remembered, oh, yeah, I read Robert Kiyosaki. Why not figure out what I can do with that right now? And that's when at the same time, just the serendipitous part, Justin, was that the Internet was becoming what it is now. Now right. we have social media. YouTube now you can self-publish. Absolutely. Right. No doubt. Now you can build business. Right. You can build a business from your phone on your couch. You can do that <laughs> 10 years earlier. So that's true. That opportunity happened at the same time. So that's one thing is that I had the mindset of entrepreneur to answer your question. That's a long part of it. But let me no, give you the rest great. of the answer. Please. Okay. So the first part is entrepreneurial mindset. The second part is my, I guess you can call it a gift, but it's also become a skill is my ability to articulate. And that's, I think that's one of the, the biggest parts of my whole brand. Now I've written, I write books, you know, I do speaking gigs. I have a, I talk every day. I'm putting content out every single day. And one of the biggest things for me is taking a complex idea that someone may have heard of, but they can't quite understand it. And I can break it down and make it simple and easy for people to understand. That's a it's a Which gift is a of mine, skill, but it's also a skill. It's a, it's a skill right. and like not everybody can do that. Exactly. Right. And I've done it so much that it's become natural to me. So when I talk about things, like you said, when I told that story, you said, I know you told that before. <laughs> I've done it so many times. <laughs> I know. You know so I've gotten good at down. it. And right. And the thing is, and this is something that I'll say that not everybody has the, uh, the license to say, but I'll say it. A lot of athletes just don't have the ability to articulate. They can play, but they can't speak. And a lot of people, great performers, are great at performing, but they can't explain how they perform. Right. And so it's, no those doubt. are two different skills, being able to do it and then being able to teach it. Those are two different skills. And I just happen to be one of the few people who has the ability to do both. So that's how I was able to uh, translate it over. And for other athletes uh, that, you know, do they look to you? Do they come to you and say, dude, how did you do it? Or, you know, hey, what do I do next? I don't know. I didn't think about this. Do you find that in the athletic community? 
I get a fair amount of athletes who come to me for that, Justin, but not as many as there should be. All right, I should have more athletes coming to me for that. Now, right. granted, I don't base my business around. I teach right. athletes how to right. transition. But at the same time, if you're a, especially basketball players, if you're a black guy who played basketball and you want to transition from playing ball to building a business and a brand around your intellectual property, all, right, all roads lead to Dre Baldwin. They all know who I am. <laughs> Right, they know who That's I am because so cool. of YouTube. Videos. I love that. Because right, so of YouTube, they know who I am. Every basketball player knows who I am if they're around my age because everybody saw the YouTube and they all know what they just look me up. You know what I'm doing now. And so I do get a few who come to me and they will even say so much. And I know a lot more players want to do a similar thing. But I also think just a, as a man, um, a masculine thing, Justin, that a lot of men have trouble looking at another man and saying, hey, you might know more help. than me. Can you help me out? Right. Yeah, or especially if we're right. peers, right? If we that's were one-time so peers, they don't want to look at me like that. So I think that's part of what uh, keeps some people away. And at the same time, again, that's not the main focus of my business, helping people transition. Because yeah. a lot of a lot of athletes also, Justin, another thing is you got to think about what the athlete life is like. Right, when you're <laughs> this is where I'm athlete, not the expert, by the way. Yeah. tell Share with our okay. audience because so we got a lot of non-professional athletes that listen. Yeah. Okay, when you're a pro basketball player or a football player, a hard day is four hours of work. All right, that's a, that's a long day. All right, that's two practices, one in the morning, one at night, and you're literally playing a kid's game and getting paid for it. All right, that is your job. That's what you do for a living. And I'm not trying to make it seem like it's not hard. It is strenuous and it can be tough. But your long day is nothing like the long day of a construction worker or a school teacher or you know somebody building a business. No, sure. Building yeah. code or entrepreneur, software right? or writing books. Yeah. Right. The hard work as an entrepreneur, I worked 10 times as many hours as I did as an athlete simply because your body, you have to give your body rest when you're an athlete. You can't work eight hours, even if you wanted to. But as an entrepreneur, you can work all day because you're using your intellect. So a lot of athletes, you coming out of that sports world, right, do you want to work four times as much now? That your athlete no, career is over. Do I'm you tired want to do after that? four hours. Yeah, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of athletes don't want to do it. They just don't want to Got do it. the work. They want the results. Everybody wants the results, but a lot of people just don't want to do that work. And that's what you know, one of my frameworks called the third day is all about, is when you yep. realize that this thing that you signed up for, this is not all fun and games. It looks like fun and games when you're watching the outside looking in, but when you get in there, you realize, oh, having a podcast is not as fun as it looks. I actually had to do some work here. I actually had right. to edit this. I actually totally. got to find some guests. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, there's some I mean, real work that I had to do. Here. <laughs> well, that's when you find out who's the pro and who's the amateur. All right, who's going to actually show up and do all this work? Because again, every single job in life, anything you can do, a relationship, having kids, being a pro athlete, having a podcast, being an influencer, all those things look like bright, shiny objects when you're not in the game. But when you get in the game, at some point you're going to realize, oh, this is not all fun. This is not one big party. And that's when right. you real, that's the third day. That's when you realize whether you're going to be a pro or not. Man, I love that. And so true. And, you know, uh, I, as you know, written a couple of books and then the podcast and other uh, side projects, uh, products and whatnot. And people always at the end of like a speaking engagement, you know, this um, come up and they're like, Dre, I mean, I've always wanted to, you know, fill in the blank. Um, I'd like to be speaking to things. I'd like right. to write a book. I, I want to have my own podcast. Like, right. And they think it's like <laughs> it's something someone right. you could just give it to them. And it'll be so simple. But it takes a lot right. of time and effort. And so many don't follow through. Exactly. And it, that's the that's the crux of the game right there. I told I was just talking about this on my Instagram story today. Like half the battle is just showing up. Is that is more than half the battle? I mean, it sounds good to say half, but it's really like 90 percent. 
right. of the game <laughs> is just show up. All right. Even if nobody's looking at your post, keep posting. Nobody's listening to your podcast. <laughs> right. Keep recording. Keep nobody's trying. reading your book. Keep writing. All right. Well, whatever is not working, you have to keep showing up. That is the majority of the game. And if you stop showing up, then you give yourself no chance of winning. Now, just because you show up doesn't mean you're going to win. But if you don't show up, it's impossible for you to win. So showing up for a writer is, listen, sit down and write 500 words every day. Can you do that? Do totally. 500 words every day for right. him. And let's see where you're at. That's that's 15,000 words. That is that. a book. Dude, that is. Right. But most people that's struggle a book right that. there. Yeah. Exactly. But I in agree. two months, you got 30,000 words. 30,000 words is a book that can be in a bookstore on a shelf with a hard cover. And you can take pictures with it and sell it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. Two months, 500 words a day. It's just showing up every single day. Someone who wants to get in shape, just show up to the gym. All right. You can hire a trainer if you have to. No, even if you don't know what you're doing, just show up. Right. If you just keep showing up, eventually something's going to happen. The saying is, you know, if you keep coming to the barbershop, eventually you're going to get a haircut. If you show up, <laughs> all right, something is up. going to happen. Some good luck can occur as long as you're where you got to be where it's at. So wherever that totally. thing is, you got to be there. If where it's at is on your laptop with and you're staring at that blinking cursor on Google Docs, be there every day and you're eventually <laughs> going to start writing. I got right? Whatever it morning. is, you got to be in the room. I love yeah. that. All right. I mean, you guys can see why I love him and Dreyan. I mean, like our bottom line with our podcast is every winner started as a contender. But if you want to be a winner, That's you right. got to at least be in the game, right? Okay. So let's talk about your book. Um, <laughs> we could talk like hours. Um, let's let's cover that. Third day, the decision that separates the pros from the amateurs. All right. Let's do this first. The first question is why professional athletes become former athletes. Let's talk about that. Man, the reason why professional athletes become former athletes is the third day. So what a lot of, again, if someone who has not been a professional athlete doesn't understand is that whenever you see an athlete retire or they, they voluntarily stop playing their sport, it's not because they got tired of playing in the games. Now, the NFL season you know, just started up. Now, think right? about what it's like to be an NFL player, at least as best you can. You're on a football field playing a kid's game, football, every Sunday. <laughs> 60,000 people pay right. money and drive to and come travel and, and rearrange their schedule to come and watch, not just watch, but cheer, to cheer right. for you or cheer against you. Either way, they're giving you all their attention, all of their energy, a good amount of their money to watch you play a game for a living. And you're getting paid a full-time salary to just do that. That's your, that's your job. That's it. Even on the days <laughs> off, you got practice. Maybe, you got practice. again, during the season, you're only practicing once a day. So you got about two to three hours of work including the recovery and all that, the ice baths and all that. That's your job. That's all you do for a living. So tell me who would get tired of that. Nobody. (laughs) Nobody. (laughs) No athlete. So no athlete ever retires because they get tired of the games. The reason athletes stop playing is because everything else that you don't see, everything else that you don't know about. So the off-season workouts, the any type of injuries that they have, the surgeries that they had to deal with, the shots that, especially in football, the cortisone shots you take so just so you can play through the game, like all of those things that you had to deal with, the aches and pains, the injuries, the two-a-days in the off-seasons, the off-seasons where you're working out really hard, but you don't even have a contract yet. You don't know if you're even going to get one, but you have to work out hard just in case the call comes in so you're ready to go. Like there are players Got right it. now who want to play in the NFL, but right now they're a free agent. But they're waiting because on that call. Because they were cut, so right? They I mean, we just went, and yeah, each year, exactly. right, each team takes on recruits and then cuts down to a number. And those, so what happens exactly. to all those other people? Those fringe guys, well, know what they're doing right now. They're at the field practicing, training, staying in shape. 
they don't even know if they're going to get a call. But if they get one, Got they have it. to be ready. Because if they're not ready on that call, today's like, we're recording this on a Friday. Hope you don't mind me saying that. Yeah. Like, somebody might get a call today. All right? And right. they say, look, we need you on the roster on Sunday. What if you're not in shape? What if you haven't been working out? Now you're passed over. Your, your opportunity is gone. Exactly. Right. You might not get another call because everybody saw what you did at the last one that you blew. You're not getting another right. call. Your career is over. So that's the third day is all the extra stuff that an athlete has to do just to position themselves to be one of that top 1% of the 1% who could be on that court or on that field or on that track when everybody in the world is watching. It's a, it's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. And that's why athletes stop playing is the training. And Got because it. our training to training to game ratio is probably about 10 to one for a professional athlete. And a lot of people don't know that. Interesting. You, um, you, you, ju- you talk about the third day and then in the book, you also talk about the first day, the second day and how, you know, when it's the third day, talk about the, the, the structure of, of those days and how you've written it in the book. Sure. Let's use an example of someone who's not an athlete. You said a lot of, you have a lot of non-athletes in your audience. So let's say an entrepreneur, let's say somebody here who, uh, let's say during the pandemic, the gyms got all shut down. You couldn't work out, but now the gyms are open again. You're back in there. All right. Your first day, you feel great, right? Now you got some new workout <laughs> gear from Lululemon, new workout sneakers. <laughs> nice. You got yeah. your, uh, new you got your uh, personal trainer. Yeah. New yep. Peloton. You got the tonal at, at your house pinned up to the wall. You got nice. the uh, boot camp classes that you signed up for. Oh, you yeah. hired a personal trainer. That. Yeah. You're all ready yep. to go. All right. Brand new, everything. First day, you feel great because I mean, going to the gym, working out is voluntary. You don't have to do it. Nobody made you do it. You chose to. You feel great. The workout kicks your butt because you're not in shape. You haven't worked out like that in a while, but you drag yourself home after the workout, look at yourself in the mirror. And you say, hey, I'm doing this. The second day, you, say, well, you got a little bit of soreness because now half of your body is sore from that, from that first day workout. Now, the second workout is harder than the first one because now you have fatigue from day one combined with the fact you're still not in shape. So that workout right. is much tougher, but you still drag yourself through it. I mean, it's still pretty new. I mean, the second day, I mean, when you buy a new car, the second time you drive it, it still smells new. It right? still, still smells new. new. Yeah. Yeah. It's still new at that point. So the second day you drag yourself home and you still say with a little bit less enthusiasm, but you still say it. I'm doing this. By the third day. Already. <laughs> things change. By the third I'm tired day. Or I'm sore. It's the third day when exactly. things really start hurting. <laughs> By the third day, your workout sneakers feel like they're made of cement. By the third day. <laughs> You might want to just roll over, grab your phone and text your trainer and say, look, just charge me for the session, but I'm not coming. By the third day. <laughs> Who does that? I used to work in. Uh, I don't know. By the third day, <laughs> you know, I used to work in gyms. So we would put the friendliest person we had on staff at the front desk to wave high and by to everybody as they come in. By the third day, you don't want to even make eye contact with that friendly person at the front desk because your body and mind are having a difference of opinion. By the third day, everything has changed. And the third day is not necessarily about the gym or being an athlete or anything. It's just any moment in your life when you realize the newness has worn off, the novelty of the situation is gone. Now you got a little bit of monotony setting in and you realize this is not all fun and games. It's not one big party. There's some real work that needs to be done here. And the third day is not just the situation, but it's more about the decision that you make in that situation. Because no matter what you do in life, you will come across the third day multiple times. And the decision that you make in that moment is what separates you from the next person because nobody is immune to the third day. Everybody deals with the third day and anything that they do is not necessarily about one, two, three in a row of anything. You can have the third day every day for a year. You got the third day for a month straight. 
It's just what do you do in those moments when you realize that you don't really feel like being there, but you have to be there? What do you do? Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I could totally right. That's very tangible, right? Tangible example. I love that. Um, one other thing you talk about is motivation, and you talk about motivation being for amateurs. So talk about what that's motivation right. means and how it fits into the whole third day concept. Yeah, well, motivation is like a motivation is like lighting a match. All right, eventually that fire can go out. It feels great to be motivated, but what about when you're not motivated? Any professional who's listening to this conversation right now. Listen, we've all had our moments when you are super motivated and excited about doing what you're doing. And at the same time, you've also had moments when you weren't so motivated. Motivate The challenge with motivation is that you can't keep getting motivated by the same thing over and over again. It eventually loses its power, the same motivational speech or the same YouTube video that you watch every morning before you go to work. Those things, eventually they wear off. So you're going to get to a moment when you don't have any rabbits to pull out of the hat when it comes to your motivation, what are you going to do on that day? Are you still going to show up and find something inside of yourself, not from the outside world, not an externality, but something inside of yourself that is going to move you to deliver at your highest possible level? And the thing that is going to do that is this understanding of the third day, which is part of you just being a true professional. Because professionalism means showing up and delivering regardless of how you feel. That's what being a professional is about. It is not about feeling good. It's not about being motivated or inspired or excited. If you happen to have those, those are cool, but those are not requirements for you to do your job because people pay you to show up and deliver. They don't care how you feel. All right, when you're a right. pro athlete, those 60,000 fans don't care that you didn't get a good night's sleep. You missed that field goal <laughs> and the team loses the game, right? They right. want you to show up and do your job. So that's what being a professional is all about is you setting yourself up ahead of time, knowing that this third day is going to come up. And being ready to deliver, regardless of what you're feeling on the inside. And this is, again, this is the reason why you get paid the big bucks. All you entrepreneurs, all you professionals out there is the fact that you show up every single time and deliver without fail. So that's why I say motivation is for amateurs and discipline is the better thing. Discipline is more sustainable. Discipline is more reliable. Discipline is not like that lit match that just uh, can be lit one minute and out the next minute. Discipline is something that Again, you can depend on discipline. Discipline is something that is always there as long as you stick to it. Motivation is something that could show up or could not show up. It's kind of like a, a sunny day. All right? It might be sunny outside, but what if it's raining? Are you still going to go out and run that two miles that you said you were going to run? That's the discipline is doing the work regardless of what's going on around you. God, I love that. Um, and thank you for that. And then you jump into part two of your book. You call it The Disclaimer. You talk about re- no rewards, no penalties, and whatnot. Talk about your, your thinking here and how that plays into the thought process on the third day. Yeah. So when I, when I go and explain those points that you just asked about there, Justin, I even uh, talk about the third day when I give my keynotes, is people get excited about the first pieces of it. No, as I right. explain it, they understand. Okay, third day, I get it. Yeah, okay, I'm right. like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, show up all the time. Yeah, I get it. They're right. writing notes and they're all feeling right. good about this thing. And I say, well, <laughs> totally. Well, hold on now. I got a couple of disclaimers that you need to understand before we move <laughs> on. All right. So, two disclaimers about the third day. The first one is that if you show up on the third day and you give your best effort, and that day when you didn't really feel like it, there's no celebration. All right, there's no trophy. All right, there's no round of applause. <laughs> you made a, you made right, a good effort. Not gonna. Yeah, your boss is not going to shake your hand. Nothing happens. No, nobody's going to take your picture. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing. The only thing you're going to get is maybe somebody will say, okay, well, you're a professional. 
You didn't really feel like being at work today, but you reminded yourself that you're a professional. You showed up and you did the job of a professional. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you tomorrow when we need you to do it again. Right. All right. And the day after that, and the day after that, and every day for as long as you want to work here. All right. That's your job. You did your job. All right. There's no reward for doing your job. So you signed up for this job. You did your job. All right. Now understand that that's your standard. That's not an exception. That's a standard. That's how it is here. So if you want to keep this job, get yourself used to doing that. That's the first disclaimer that there's no reward for the third day. The second disclaimer is let's say one of your colleagues has a third day at the same time as you. You showed up and gave that great effort. They don't show up at all. Let's say that they don't come to work. Let's say that they come right. to work, but they kind of, they mail it in. Like they're there, but they're not really there. Right? They're not really working. They kind of you know, make it look like they're working, but they're not really. And right. in basketball, we would call that mailing it in. Like they didn't really show up <laughs> to the game, right? They got their uniform yes. on, but they didn't really show up to the game. What happens to that person at the end of, the, of that day? Nothing. There is no penalty. They don't get fired. They still get their pay for that day. Uh, nobody's going to you know, outs them on social media. They're not going to get canceled. Nothing's going to happen to them. They just keep going about as if nothing even occurred. So the two disclaimers is there's no reward when you show up and there's no penalty if you don't show up. So then people say, well, wait, why'd you even write a book about it? Why bother? <laughs> there's nothing that you get out of it. Why, why does it even matter? <laughs> right. And here's the answer. Answer is your relationship to the third day will not be obvious until it is too obvious. Meaning Ooh, every single that. time... Every single time you have that third day, whether you show up or you don't show up, there is a difference that occurs, but it's so microscopic that you don't notice it. But, but what happens is you have that cumulative effect. You have the compounding effect of these third days on top of each other. So if you keep showing up, eventually it's going to get to a point where the distance between you and the person who didn't show up is so wide that no one would even know that you two used to be competitors because you're going to be so far ahead of them. And if you're not showing up, it's going to get to a point where one day you're going to look at yourself or someone's going to look at you and say, wait a minute, you used to be over here. Now you're all the way over there. What happened is because you weren't showing up on that third day. It's not going to be an overnight thing, but slowly, again, it's like compound interest, right? It slowly starts to add up to the point that now it's so overwhelming that you're not going to be able to undo the effects of what you've done up to that point. doesn't mean you can't get back on a horse at this point. You won't be able to undo the effects of what you have or have not done up to that point. That's what the third day is about. And those are the disclaimers. Man, I love that. Dre, it has been so great having you back on the podcast. I'm so glad you'll be sticking around for a part two. For those of you listening, we're going to jump into the application piece of this in part two. Like, How do you take this whole concept of the third day and really apply it in both your personal life as well as the business world? So hang in there. We'll see you in about two days. And Dre, it is so great having you back with us. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.